Managing your personal finances is a challenge. We all know that. But now try managing small business finances, knowing that what you do in one will affect the other. My conversation today is with Danielle, a photographer who is managing both small business and personal finances. We dive into ways to set up business finances so that you, as the business owner, make sure you're covering your expenses without forgetting to pay yourself. I'm your host, Carly Hill, and this is the Debt-Free Mom Podcast. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles will show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new-to-you styles. You guys know I'm all about finding ways to minimize both clutter and overspending. If you're looking to reduce your clothes spending while still having new styles to try, this is for you. I have a couple events coming up that I'd love to have new pieces for. With the clothes I got from Armoire, I can have multiple high-end options for the price of one outfit. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash debtfreemom. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash debtfreemom to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. I am so excited to have Danielle Hardesty here with me today. She is a wife and angel baby mama living in the Chicago suburbs, which is close to me and capturing images of families and business owners. She loves all things budgeting and always wants to talk about it more with her husband. In her free time, you might find her helping a friend with their interior design dilemmas, serving at her church, or taking a nap. So welcome, Danielle. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me today. So you are a small business owner. Can you tell us a little bit about your business? Sure. So I have been a photographer probably my whole life, but I, well, about six or seven years ago, decided that I was in a place in my life where I wanted to own my own business. I had thought about doing it when I first graduated from college. It was kind of plan B because I graduated in 2008 and finding a teaching job in 2008 was a terrible thing. Yes, I'm sure. I serve families that are growing, whether they're having newborns or their kids are just growing up. And then I recently started serving small business owners through branding photography. Awesome. That is amazing. I have one question that I ask everybody. It's just a fun thing to dive into money. So the first part of the question is, if you came across a random extra $5, what would you do with it? And probably put it in our emergency fund that we're trying to rebuild right now. Okay. Smart. Some people go for fun. Some people go for goals. And then if you had an extra 5,000, what would you do with it? If I had 5,000, anytime we have extra money come in, we kind of have percentages of we each get a little extra spending money. So we'd each probably get 10% of that as spending money. And then we would do 20% to our retirement funds. And then 10% would be a vacation or some fun outing or buying something for the house or something fun like that. And then the rest would go into whatever we decided, emergency fund, or if our emergency fund is great and we're not worried about it, it will be either house projects or into retirement if we have maxed out for the year. 
that little clip right there could be its own episode about here's what to do when you come across extra money. That's a really common question, actually. People are like, oh my gosh, I got a tax return. What do I do with it? And I'm like, well, here's a whole list of things that you could do. So I love the way you're thinking with those percentages. So you came on today asking about managing finances for small business in a profit first method. So for those of you who might be listening, who have no idea what I'm talking about, there is a book, which if you're watching the video, you can see it by the author, Mike Michalowicz, who lays out a method of small business finances that I think is pretty different than what a lot of people tend to recommend for a business. So many times for businesses, all of this revenue comes in, but then we have a fear of taking any of it out for ourselves. And so as small business owners, We'll just continue to plow that money back into the business is what we hear so often. But to make it grow, we have to invest in the business first. But then we get into situations where we're spending all this time, all these hours, and maybe paying ourselves pennies, basically. So this method really flips that on its head and exactly what the name says, profit first, where we feel the benefits of our business first and foremost into our lives personally so that we're motivated to keep going. So I'm curious what you have either done in the past or what you're currently doing to approach the business finances, just in terms of the way that you can organize as the revenue comes in, especially and specifically in the way that you then choose to pay yourself. So can you speak to a little of that? So previously, I did the traditional accounting method of taking my expenses out first. And like you said, I found myself paying myself pennies or not at all in certain months because insurance was due. I had to get something, a piece of equipment or something like that. So in the last probably 12 months, I've started trying to transition to a profit first model. I've created what my goal percentages are for each category. Obviously, taxes is a set percentage. And in our state, it is what it is. So <laughs> uh, trying to work around that, I have to say that in the time that I've been trying to work towards implementing profit first a little more strategically, even on the months that I only pay myself a little bit, it's a lot easier to keep going when I actually have money, even if it's just a hundred dollars. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. To keep going and so I'm seeing the fruits of that work and I use a CRM. Everything goes in there. I have two accounts. One is like the main where everything kind of comes in and out. And the second one is specifically for taxes at this point. So I have divided those up and I set aside at the end of each month, the amount that I need for taxes based on what that month looked like income wise. So what would you say your goal is from where you are now compared to where you'd like to be? Like, is your goal to increase the category for expenses so that you can expand the business? Or is the goal to pay yourself more or more frequently? What's the thing that you would most like to improve, let's say, during 2023? I think during 2023, I have two specific goals. My first one is to really get as close as I can to that 50% of owner's pay, but also uh, trying to figure out a way to manage expenses that as I continue to grow and hopefully will have a studio, I'd like to be saving for a studio space and at least have six months worth of 
studio overhead sure. available so that um you know for these lovely winter months mm-hmm. if it's a little slower I don't have to be concerned about rent and I know you did something similar mm-hmm. when Kyle was transitioning from his job into debt-free mom so yeah. I hope hoping your experience can help me out a little bit too. So what I had been doing prior to him coming on board and leaving his job was just operating off of the revenue that we had gotten in the last couple of weeks. And then I operate on the 10th and 25th, just like the Profit First Method recommends. So on the 10th of the month, I will look at whatever revenue came in from the 25th to the 9th, basically, and then divvy it up into percentages. I do... 5% profit, 15% tax, 50% owner pay, and 30% operating expenses. And then on the 10th, I'll divvy those up into the different accounts that I have for them so that I have one account that I use for profit and tax that I have little sub buckets under so that what the profit is going into one and the tax is going into another. And then a separate account for operating expenses, which is what I have like a debit card linked to and I pay all of my expenses out of that. And then the owner pay comes into our personal account. So before he left his job, I got into a nice rhythm of that system, but we weren't hinging our entire family's finances on this income. So if it ebbed and flowed between zero and several hundred up to a couple thousand, it was all great because it all felt like extra. But then as we started moving into even the idea of him leaving his salaried position and coming to our small business, it became a totally different ballgame and a totally different conversation. So what I did that you're remembering is in the fall between when he decided to leave, which was like end of July, beginning of August, I think all the way to when he actually left in the middle of October was to put any extra cash we had coming our way from his job or from Debt Free Mom or anything into an account that I called the DFM cash reserve. And I basically just flooded that with, again, whatever I could scrounge up into that account until it had three months of expenses saved up. So then as I was paying ourselves each 10th and 25th, it was actually coming out of that DFM cash reserve. And then as I was getting the owner pay, it was going into that cash reserve account. So it basically gave me a three-month buffer between when a check was too small and when I actually needed to use that check in my personal budget, if that makes sense. So I I totally agree and support what you're saying of if you're wanting to do something big like a studio to basically as soon as possible, pretend like you have a studio, right? Like start paying that amount into a savings account so that by the time you're actually taking that responsibility on, number one, you're used to it because you've been putting that money away consistently. And number two, you've given yourself such a big gap of time where you could go the whole winter without a photography job and you would still have that six month buffer to be able to maintain your studio. Do you have, I'm curious that your business is different than mine in terms of expenses and just the way cash flows in and out. As you grow and add more jobs, does that automatically increase your expenses or are you able to kind of find ways to increase your capacity that would just mean more revenue and not necessarily adding more expenses? I would say The only expense that really continues or increases with more work would be obviously tax and then credit card processing fees. Otherwise, I 
feel like I have most of the equipment that I need. The goal is that by having the studio, I would be able to take on more work that right now I have to say no because there's like six inches of snow on it's the not. Hopefully that would kind of alleviate some of the deficit in the winter months for sure. So what's interesting is I think if I put myself in your shoes and think about trying to beef up those revenue streams in a way that you could then translate into paying yourself more because your revenue comes in not just big chunks at a time, but also big seasons of lots of revenue and then seasons of close to nothing, it would kind of have to not purely follow the profit first method because the profit first method would basically say in those high seasons, September and October, you're paying yourself a ton if you're going to pay yourself 50% of that. But then you get to a month like January and where's the revenue to cover the repeating expenses that are still going on, right? So because there's this mismatch of timing with certain expenses like subscription for a software or repeating expenses like that, that you're going to continue to pay whether you have revenue or not, then we need to add a component to the profit first idea of not just using all the revenue at the time that you get it in September, October, but also having the foresight to space it out or set it aside. So I would imagine that you would probably want your operating expenses percentages to fluctuate basically from quarter to quarter. So that is something that Profit First is helpful with too for me is kind of seeing each business quarter as its own little chunk of time. In the profit first method, you put a small percent of revenue into a profit savings every time you run your business finances. And then at the end of every quarter, whatever's in the profit account, you give yourself 50% of that as a bonus once a quarter. But he also really recommends, which I've just started doing this past quarter, reevaluating the upcoming quarter with your percentages, your your division of your money, and asking yourself, do these percentages need to change right now in light of what I maybe have coming down the way? So for you, it might be that in the fall quarter, you only pay yourself 30% of the revenue and send 60% of it to operating expenses, which would be like saving it, setting it aside for the future. But 30% of that really high revenue season is still going to be a lot of money. And then reevaluate again for quarter four. So what was, can you remind me, what do you say your current business bank account structure is? How many accounts do you have and what do you use them for? So I have two accounts. One of them, so the main account that's attached to my debit card, similar to yours, has where my reoccurring expenses and that kind of thing are. It also has basically one year worth of if I had no revenue and I didn't spend any money, there's a buffer um, Mm -hmm. for a year in there. And then one of the other things that's kind of unique to my business is I also try to keep enough of a buffer as well in there for in the event and for some reason a client was unhappy and I needed to provide a refund or something like that, which has not happened, but it's just a nice sense of peace for me. Yes. Yeah. So I have that one account that's with the debit card. And then I have one other savings account and that's where I set aside the tax money. So it's specifically set 
outside there. Fortunately, the bank I use doesn't have the little buckets like my mm-hmm. personal bank, but my personal bank needed a lot more money to be in the account than I had sure. to put them there. And it would it be a place that you could open more than one checking and one savings? Or I know some banks are just like, nope, each customer gets one of each. Because I've found, especially with the profit first, because there's so many moving parts, like in the book, if you've read the book or listened to the audio book, which for people out there, I really recommend the audio book and the physical book at the same time, because the author reads the audio book and he's very funny. But then having the physical book with the charts and the numbers and everything obviously makes more sense. But he gives this analogy of plates that like your money is all put onto one plate as it comes in and then we divvy it up into different plates depending on where we're going to use it and then he basically transfers that analogy into each of the plates being a separate bank account this is something i recommend in personal finance too it sounds backwards but i think the more accounts that we have the easier it is to manage because we don't have to have a list or a spreadsheet or hold a number in our head of oh all this money is in this one account but 500 of it is for this and 200 of it is for this and this part is for taxes. Like I've found when I log in and I see this account says operating expenses and this account says owner pay and I see the different balances in there, it's just like the account that says taxes has a balance of $3,000. That means that is the amount I have for tax. So I wonder if it might help you organize those things, especially as you're trying to save up money in the high revenue months for expenses in the low revenue months to have a few additional accounts that you could divvy up into even opening account and calling it the studio savings account and then putting money in there as you have extra available so that when you do open a studio, then this is the account that can cover all of the operating expenses and overhead for six months of the studio, like you said. If you're not paid once a month, why are you budgeting that way? A monthly budget ignores the fact that sometimes your expenses are due before the next paycheck is available. A pay period budget is built around your unique pay schedules so that your money doesn't feel like a mess. Create an accurate, realistic plan for getting the most out of each paycheck. Get started budgeting by pay period today with the best-selling budget template and mini course from me, Debt-Free Mom. It's available for just $9 at debtfreemom.co slash template. You said you've started doing personal pay period budgeting here and there, kind of the end of 2021. How have you found there to be differences between trying to manage a personal budget and manage a business budget? I think just knowing what our expenses are and they're a little more known. Whereas in the business, there's generally a lot of unknown when it comes to finances. Mm -hmm. So obviously I know my expenses. I know how much I'm going to need to take for taxes, that kind of thing. But also with our personal, my husband's paycheck is always the same. We have X amount per month. Whereas in the business, The numbers range, like I said, from 100 to a couple of grand. It's a lot easier for me because I know the concrete numbers in our personal and I know how to move things around and make it all work. Whereas it feels like there are always these things popping up in business that I don't know how to account for or it like totally 
probably throws off my plan. Obviously, those things come up in personal as well, but I tend to know how we're going to get around it. And in the business, it's I don't have quite as much of a buffer. And it's really important to me to always keep them obviously separate. Mm -hmm. I never want to manage my business funds in a way that negatively impacts our personal budgeting. I love that because that that was something that was really important to me too, was I think as wives and moms, I was at a time where I had just become a stay-at-home mom. And so I had just left jobs, which meant decreasing the family's income overall. So I was like, if I'm going to start something new, I can't leave jobs and start a business that drains my personal finances. Like that's just totally moving us in the wrong direction. So I committed at the beginning to only if, you know, if cash was going to flow, it was going to be in one direction from the business to personal, if there was going to be any link between them, because like you said, I was just so concerned about if the personal finances are fine right now, I don't want to start a business that has a net effect of being negative on the personal finances that just didn't jive with me and what I wanted to do. And so I think the profit first method does really line up with anybody who feels that same way of not wanting an idea for a business or an inspiration for a side gig or anything to turn into a drain on personal finances. I understand what I'm supposed to do. I know that when we have extra money that I'm going to put it in savings. But there is such a difference between having a salary, having a paycheck, and having a business where whether you have revenue or not, you have expenses. And so it's like, I I feel a mismatch between skills as a personal budgeter and skills as a business budgeter. It really is two separate sets of skills. And so sometimes we hinder ourselves by trying to operate the same way. Like, oh, what I'm used to doing with my personal finances where I just write down my list of bills and I make sure that there's a positive gap between my income and my expenses. And then we use that for our goals. That kind of habit doesn't always work in the business. And so I think being able to be so much more flexible with the business income is really important. And you have to basically assume that things aren't always going to go well right? Where if we get too ambitious or even too overly optimistic with, oh, surely there's going to be revenue by the time this expense would come around, we always regret that. So do you feel like you're someone who tends to maybe hold on to the money too much? Like when the money comes into the business, you want to hold on to that buffer and that extra cash and you would rather not pay yourself than maybe take too much money from the business? Is that like an internal struggle for you? I think it used to be more of an internal struggle. I've grown as my business has grown. And I'm starting even like this month, unless something happens in the next few days, because I only pay myself at the end of the month. Mm -hmm. It's just where it works best for me right now. Eventually, I'd love to be on the same paydays as my husband, because I'm trying to implement the payoff, the credit card on his paydays, like you had recommended. So I would like to get to the two paychecks, but I find that I'm hesitant to even pay myself, even though I know there's an extra buffer in there, but I was planning next week to try to just pay myself a small amount that I know isn't going to touch either of those other things that I have mm -hmm. in there, even though it's going to be an 
itsy month, so to speak, in the business. It is a tricky thing when you are both people. I, I'd say I feel like a Jekyll and Hyde kind of thing where it's like there's business mode me that can make these specific decisions about the business finances. But then the fact that I am my own employee, you know, and so it's like, well, I also personally need to get paid. And so it really is, like you said, a growth, like you have to grow into that idea of being able to be both, like be a wise business owner. But part of being a wise business owner is paying yourself a little bit so that you can keep going. I don't know if I could have, even if somebody tried to teach me that like day one, I don't think I could have really grasped that idea of really dividing between business and personal and balancing like how to make good decisions for both. I think it's something that comes over time. Like how long have you been doing your business as it is currently? About five years. It's been about three for me too. And I, at the beginning of the business, I was so into not having it affect my personal finances that I was basically paying myself nothing. And I think it really is a true point of growth to get to a point of for the business to thrive, you also have to thrive personally. And so there's no true gain in a thriving business that never pays the owner. And I really had to, over time, let go of some of those fears. I have found that as I stepped into being a little more confident in that and being willing to pay myself, I have found that the business overall thrives much more when I'm acting in that way than when I'm acting in a way that like really tries to hold on to the cash. I don't know if you've found that to be true. Yes, absolutely. I've found that to be true. And it's always interesting. Like I always have like, I'm going to niche down at least the portrait side. And then literally I was saying that yesterday to a group that I meet with. And literally today I got one of my least purchase revenue streams. Someone inquired, I was like, how crazy is this? So yeah, I definitely find that too. And I think it's just, it's crazy how that happens. And one thing that I wish I had done is build up a little more from my previous job or from my husband's salary or whatever, creating an account and just putting a little bit in there so that I could have started from that place instead of feeling like it was impacting our personal because I definitely was like, hey, honey, we need to take this much out just to like get me started. So I would definitely encourage anyone that's trying to start a side hustle or a full business definitely start planning ahead of time. And I think that's true with our personal finances too. There are going to be seasons. Mm -hmm. We've been through some very challenging seasons that literally drained our finances. And you know what? It You have to kind of pull yourself up. Mm -hmm. So if you can start from a positive place, but also just to encourage people when you own your own business, especially at the beginning, lean into the fact that you have that flexibility because I was very like, I need to be working all the time. And then I wasn't really getting anywhere and I wasn't enjoying the benefits of having a business. So there is definitely that piece of it too, where you're technically getting paid by having flexibility in life. It's just not in an financial dollars. I know as Kyle left his job in October and we fully went self-employed, we took a pay hit in order for him to leave his job in October. Like our overall finances went down in salary because debt-free mom had been thriving, but he had also been working full-time. So we had both of those. And so leaving that salaried position was not just, you know, oh, because we were so flushed with cash that it was just why even work anymore. It can work, but it's going to take some effort. So especially in those first months where I felt 
that hesitation or that fear of the business is now responsible for covering our family, we did really have to lean into the paycheck is smaller than it would have been if he was working, but it's three o'clock and he's at home or I'm on a podcast interview and he's going to pick up the kids where before it was not that way at all, where he was 40 hours a week out of the house. And so I love that piece of advice to lean into the other perks that are so much bigger than just what's the size of your paycheck so that you do feel the benefits of why you did it in the first place. And I think more so in the last year or so, I've really tried to lean in when I do have those lows of I've been helping an elderly woman that goes to my church and I can take her to the doctor's office or I've been taking my husband to his appointments or my grandma or I'd make a meal for someone. And so when I'm in those low points, I try to do one of those things or even like clean my house because if I was at a job, I wouldn't be cleaning my house at 10 a.m. So I definitely try to lean into those, especially when I'm feeling those valleys, because when we're up here on the cloud nine, because we just had like our best month or one of our top months, like you can do anything. Yes. But <laughs> it's when you're down low that you have to find one of those pieces to be like, okay, this is why I have these lows because I have flexibility and I can do this for someone else. So I definitely encourage anyone that when they hit that low, what can you do with that flexibility. And to relate it to the profit first too, once I realized that by setting it up with those percentages, it was like the more I could bring revenue in, the more the paycheck actually went up or like the, the paycheck was directly affected by that revenue since I was basing it on a percent. Then it was like, oh, I see what people talk about in theory of the perks of being a business owner of they say there's no limit to the income when you're a business owner. Well, it's easy to say that you millionaire or whatever, but like, how do I actually go from making $100 to that point? But using that profit first method of the percent, then by translating my own paycheck into always being a percent of whatever is brought in, it incentivizes me to get better at my job, where I was also a public school teacher before having kids. And it does not at all work that way in other fields where the better you get at your job, the more you get paid. Like there are teachers who are phenomenal and have multiple degrees and are just the best of the best of what they do. And it doesn't translate into higher revenue, the better they are at it. That could be a whole podcast for another day that I think it it should. But seeing that connection in the small business and then operating the finances that way, I know there are people who operate their business funds where the business revenue might be growing and growing and growing, but their personal paycheck out of it is not growing at all. And it's like, I would lose interest pretty quickly in that if it was like the better I did, the more nothing changed. And so I appreciate that profit first mindset of the percent which helps me to be like, okay, of all the things that you could be doing today, identify the ones that are going to, at minimum, keep the business afloat and hopefully also generate positive revenue. And now that we've kind of dove into all the different arms of that method and of just managing the personal finances, do you have any specific questions that have maybe come up as we've been talking through those details that you might want to narrow in on and talk through one specific thing? Just one thing with expenses, they fluctuate month to month. And I've heard some methods of like, operating off of the percentage of expenses from the previous month versus the current month. Do you have any thoughts on that specific to business? I have a business budget spreadsheet that I run 
that I have all the repeating expenses that I know are going to always be there. So I know what that total amount is. I operate in the current month. I don't operate based on the previous one, but I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing either way. That's just what I've chosen to do. But what I do like is that as an online business owner, I have a whole host of subscriptions for different services, web and Zoom and all the things. And then based on the revenue that I brought in for that pay period, there's an extra $400. So that's the amount that I then actually have to make a decision about, is there anything that I need to buy for the business? Is there anything that I want to set aside money for? I'm going to take half of that and put it into a savings account for a business trip that I know is coming at the very end of the year or a larger expense that we might want to purchase down the road. So that helps me to see not just am I covering the actual expenses that I have, but what am I going to do or how am I going to plan out what I have extra on top of that so that I'm using it wisely. It's the same amount of dollars, whether I let it just build up in the operating expenses account or whether I divvied it out into different savings funds. I just find so much more clarity about where I'm at. Like, what's my standing with my finances for my business when I look at what's left over and actually decide to send it certain places for operating expenses? Perfect. Yeah, that's great to kind of think through and see how can I apply that to what my expenses are, because there are some just very random variable expenses. And I think relating to people who might be listening, who are trying to apply what we're talking about to their personal finances, it's similar to sinking funds, like for random expenses that are not frequent, but maybe larger, like an annual renewal for something, dividing them up into smaller chunks can help us to at least see that we're on the right track for having the amount saved up by the time the bill actually comes. So I have a couple of my business expenses that they offer a certain discount if you pay it annually instead of paying it monthly. So I try to take advantage of that whenever it's available, but that means that I need to be preparing in advance for paying a large subscription all at one time. So a lot of times I will try to set money aside in advance for those things, for those expenses that might be infrequent but pretty large. I would recommend trying to set aside small amounts consistently, almost like turning them into your own subscription. So if it's $700 once a year, setting aside 60 a month for that can just help to feel like by the time it comes around, whether I have a good month or a bad month at the specific time that the bill is due, I'm going to have the money allocated for that expense either way. And I think that's probably why I resonate with your Instagram stories and things like that, because I'm like, yes, yeah, see, that's exactly how I feel. And it's hard because there aren't a lot of people that have this money mindset, whether it's personal or business. So to find people that are on the same page and that you can connect with is helpful in keeping your spirits up when it feels like everyone's doing it differently. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Danielle, this has been so helpful. I think whether someone is a seasoned business owner who wants to be paying themselves more or just someone who is maybe interested in the idea of a small business or a side gig, I think they will really benefit by your insight and also your questions and just the way that you have mapped it out. 
to know that you can be a small business owner who's not gung-ho about going out and spending as much as they can, that they can be someone more like me and you who's just slowly tipping our toes one step in front of the other in building those businesses. Talking to Danielle was really refreshing for me as a small business owner because it truly is a challenge to balance the needs of the business with the needs of your finances personally. That's why Profit First has been so helpful for me to have guidance on what a thriving, healthy business should look like and how it should impact my personal finances. As small business owners, entrepreneurs, and side giggers, we should not be putting ourselves last when it comes to how we use the business revenue. So I'm so grateful that Danielle was willing to come on today and talk through some of those challenges and questions. You can find Danielle linked in the show notes and on Instagram at Danielle Hardesty Photography. That's H-A-R-D-E-S-T-Y, Danielle Hardesty Photography. I'll also link the book Profit First by Mike Michalowicz. We talked about that book a lot in this conversation, and if I had to say one resource that I recommend the most to small business owners or those considering becoming a small business owner, it would be this resource. Thanks for listening to the Debt-Free Mom podcast. If you want to join me as a guest on the show, go to dfmpodcast.com. The Debt-Free Mom podcast is hosted by me, Carly Hill, and is produced, edited, and mixed by Kyle Hill. Music for this episode was written by Kyle Hill. Hit subscribe wherever you're listening to join in with every new episode as we grow our confidence and contentment in our personal finances. Thank you.